This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Eliza August, Administrator at Precision Care Surgery Center and Board Member of the New York State Association of Ambulatory Surgery Centers. Eliza, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I know we have a lot of uh, ground to cover here. There's so many exciting things happening in the surgery center space. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So, as we said, I am the administrator of Precision Care Surgery Center. We are a four-room orthopedic surgery center in East Setauket, Long Island. And then I'm also a board member for the New York State Association of Ambulatory Surgery Centers. I've been a board member for about a year or two now, but I've been working with the association for about the past five or six a little bit basically about myself is that I literally live and breathe ASCs. I've been in the industry for over 10 years now. Um, I started out basically at 16 scanning charts over a summer and literally have worked my way up through a position up until administrator. Wow, that's amazing. Like what a what an awesome story to have started off really at the ground level within a surgery center doing the paperwork and the operations and then becoming an administrator. What was that journey like for you? What have you learned along the way? Honestly, I've learned to basically be humble. Um, you know, I honestly never set out, you know, to become a admin for a surgery center. You know, growing up, I always said I was going to go to law school and become a lawyer. Um, and I got my first basically ASC job and loved it. Went to school, got an accounting degree. Um, and honestly, once I graduated, I was kind of looking, you know, what can I do next? What's the next challenge? And I went back to surgery centers and I realized how much I actually love them and how they are the way of the future. You know, I think basically working my way up has helped give me a new perspective, especially as a leader and having to lead employees, because I always say that you can't lead someone without understanding what it is that they do, especially when you're generating workflows and processes that could affect, you know, their day to day life. Um, So I think it makes it a little bit different because I came in from the ground up so I can relate to my employees you know, and everything that I do, every decision that I make always has them basically in mind as well as my patients. That's such a great point and, and certainly an inspiring story to have your career starting off um, so humbly and then grow into a space where you're leading the surgery center and really making impact at the state level. Now, based on your experience, what are the top three trends that you're following in healthcare and ASCs today? So I would say the top three trends for sure are one is the fact of that surgery centers are now basically breaking ground and doing, you know, new procedures that we never thought that we possibly would be doing. You know, now basically cardiac is going into the ASC space. I know for New York, we're really pushing and trying to kind of really get that introduced. You know, even doing total joints in a surgery center a couple of years ago was unheard of. Um, I would say the second trend basically is that, you know, that I'm watching, but it's not really, I guess, a positive one. It's really the state of anesthesia in the country right now and its effect on the surgery centers. You know, I'm hearing feedback from different anesthesiologists that they feel that, you know, the ASCs are contributing to the shortage of anesthesiologists, which I don't think is true. Um, but I do think that we are in a, I guess, unique position right now, I guess, to kind of see where everything is going and what we can do, I guess, to kind of help bridge that gap. Um, I would say the third trend I would say probably is with staffing, to be honest, you know, especially now that we're in a post-pandemic and everywhere is basically having a shortage of, you know, nurses and techs. But now that basically a lot of states and Medicare has repealed, you know, the vaccine basically mandate, it's like our employment pools are reopening back up again. And I feel like, you know, now I'm hopeful that all the shortages that we've been experiencing basically for the past couple of months, I think, you know, I won't say they're coming to an end, but I think there definitely is a turnaround coming. 
Absolutely. That's fascinating to hear. And, and certainly, you know, I'm interested in a couple of the points you mentioned. First and sure. foremost, looking at the anesthesia trends, I think, you know, that's something that certainly the field has evolved so much, especially over the last few years during the pandemic. But when you look at the anesthesia shortages and some of the challenges in uh you know, finding anesthesia, whether it's at the ASC level or, or really hospital level, um, you know, what are some of the solutions that that you're looking at or how has that changed some of the, the ways that you're um, thinking about the ASC in your plan going forward? So to be honest, I think what I think is happening right now is that, you know, in the last, let's say, decade or so, you saw a lot of independent anesthesia groups. People were forming their own little PCs, working in office-based search centers, working, you know, in the hospital. Whereas now, I think, especially with payer trends, especially for New York, I can say, the basically, there's been a significant decrease in reimbursements for anesthesia, making it very, very difficult for independent groups to survive. So what I feel like is happening now almost is that a lot of groups are either breaking apart or selling off to hospital systems to become employed, or different surgery centers are employing their own individual, you know, anesthesiologists or paying stipends to independent groups to keep them basically afloat. I think what's going to happen over the next decade, to be honest, is that you're going to see a lot of either stipends being paid or anesthesiologists being hired directly by their own surgery centers, and the hospital system basically is going to employ everyone else. I think that we're heading towards probably the last days of independent anesthesiologists, to be honest. Absolutely. That's fascinating to hear and certainly a great watch out in terms of how surgery centers are thinking about that landscape because you can't, you know, do your procedures without anesthesiologists and great anesthesia partners. So it's it's fascinating to see some of that play out. Now, not altogether separately, looking at the staffing um, trends that you mentioned, do you see that uh, being, you know, a boon or a challenge for surgery centers um, as the, you know, some of it becomes potentially easier to recruit staff? And I, I know too, um, looking at some of the um, wage increases and in inflation over the past few years have been challenging for surgery centers. So, you know, when you look at the staffing outlook, uh, what is that for you? Is it a rosy trend or is it still pretty challenging to, um, to have a, a full and robust staff at the surgery centers? So what I would say, basically, it has been a challenge for us because we did have a vaccine mandate in place for our state. Um, and I think the difficulty that happened is that when they implemented that, a good chunk of our workforce basically was diminished because there were a lot of people, you know, just refusing to get the vaccine, you know, whether it was for personal medical reasons or anything of that nature. But I think now that they're getting ready to basically repeal, or I guess repeal it, I think what's really honestly going to happen is that you're going to see a lot of nurses who left our state or left states that they couldn't work anymore because of the mandate going back to those states and going back to their employment because this is their home. I know a lot of nurses they say that worked here or went to go to travel nursing, they left, or they went to go work for agencies that didn't necessarily require, you know, the mandate. But now that it's opening up and there's shortages everywhere, I think, one, I think the salary increases that basically were implemented because of the lack of basically people, I think salaries are going to go back down now because that pool is going to reopen. So you're going to see basically, I feel almost like a flooding of the market of available nursing staff. And then I'm hoping basically now that with everything going on, different educations, different programs, scholarships, that possibly you're going to see all, maybe, I guess, almost new graduating classes of different independent nurses and techs coming out of school now. Because now that there's such a basically hot commodity, there are a lot of people going into the field now. So we just have to wait for them to be trained. So I think in the next couple of years, I think the shortages that we've seen are definitely going to, I guess, fix themselves in reverse. 
fascinating that makes a lot of sense and definitely um appreciate you going through that with us I, i'll be looking forward to seeing how some of that those trends and issues play out now what are you most excited about right now honestly most excited i would have to say i guess honestly i want to really see i guess the full impact of how the pandemic really affected the surgery centers you know i can speak for my center and some people that i know our centers have been booming with volume because there really is a trend where patients are really preferring to go to surgery centers as opposed to hospitals for the surgeries. And, you know, with the new different technologies and the new surgery centers, basic um, procedures basically that are being allowed by Medicare, I think this is really the surgery center's time to really kind of, I won't say take over, but really shine. Because during the pandemic, I feel like it became very obvious how useful and how important we are really to the healthcare system and the healthcare ecosystem, basically. And I feel as if right now, in the next couple of years, you're really going to see a super, super big spike in procedures basically performed here in general with the volume and the kinds of procedures. You know, I had a meeting just the other day. We're discussing putting, you know, robotic um, implants for total joints in patients that can be tracked by an app. You know, this is the future. We are literally in the future, and it's unfolding before our eyes. And I'm super excited to see what the next, you know, five to ten years holds for us. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and certainly I, I love the idea of, you know, continuing volume boom, ASCs being really front and center patients and people who maybe wouldn't have even known what an ASC was before the pandemic are, are now um, very much want that experience and want to be in the outpatient setting. So that's really great to hear and certainly something to keep in mind. And, and when you talk about technologies coming to the surgery centers, can you provide a few examples of, um, you know, really some of the technologies that are making a big difference? So what I can say for, I guess, personally, like I said, so one, I did basically, um, I'm exploring right now, basically our total joints being basically electronic, and they're speaking basically to an app where they'll be able to tell the doctors, you know, if a patient has an issue with basically range of motion, if they're up and active, if there's a problem, patients can communicate with their doctors directly through the app. You know, for my center, we have pre-assessment software where patients are able to kind of go in ahead of time and fill out all their history information, as opposed to in the based in the past, you had a nurse on the phone for an hour asking patients individual questions. Now patients can go in, take 20, 30 minutes, fill out their own history and basic assessment, and we can basically, you know, read it, examine it, track it, and speak to the patients in real time and be able to get to patients quicker. You know, we're more focused on patient care. Everything I think, you know, I know some people get scared of things becoming digitized and, you know, electronic, but I think almost being electronic is almost the way of the future. You know, even with um, basically now we're discussing an HIE system where you'll be able to put in a patient's information, let's say, into this big database where a patient goes, let's say, to the emergency room upstate, you know, New York, and they had surgery or went to the hospital, let's say, downstate, and they won't be able to treat the patient, but the patient doesn't remember their full history or it's an emergency situation. They'll be able to get that patient's data real time. So I think, honestly, technology is helping to bridge the gap of care, being able to basically document patients' histories and being able to spend more time with your patient and just truly checking on how they are and actually treating them, then spending most of the time having to ask questions and ask history and kind of spend time digging around for information that we didn't have to do before, that we did before, that we don't have to do now. That's amazing to hear. I, I love the efficiencies and ability that technology has to really boost the workforce and, and um, make operations more efficient and effective. 
how are you thinking about growth over the next 12 months or so? I think growth for us, honestly, it's really about basically treating patients. It's about how do we get, you know, the information to patients out there that there is an alternative to the hospital. You know, right now what we do basically at my center is that my doctors go to the hospital, they also go here. But when patients basically book for surgery, you know, we give them the different basically options, say, hey, you can go to the hospital, you can go to the surgery center. If you go to the surgery center, you get to go home quicker. You may have less of a wait. It's a bit more efficient. We partner with physical therapy, basically, so they're able to see physical therapy when they're here. So for me, I think, honestly, it's really about capturing the most patients that we can and basically informing the patients and, you know, letting them know, listen, this is a cheaper option. You know, it's safe. Basically, we treat you like family, basically, when you come in, you know, and just really trying to really help push forward the ASCs because ASCs really are a part of the system and we are, we play a very integral part and we're helpful and patients love us. I love it. Eliza, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and informative discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.